Let's go, Brandon. Hey, you Hanyaks. Welcome back to the Rambling Viking Podcast, bringing your first dose of weird on this Thanksgiving week. That's right, it's Thanksgiving week. So, I want to pose a question before we start. What are your favorite things? What do you dislike? I myself am finding, my, finding to be tired of the all-too-common complaint about you have to go and deal with your family and, and oh, you have to make nice with everybody. And it's just like, I mean, it's gotten too crazy. I'm, I enjoy my family. And I get everyone, it's not always simple, but... You know, try and refocus and take perspective and and make it enjoyable because that's what it's all about. And uh, I do appreciate that there are lots of stores. Uh, Target recently is the one that I saw that uh, are going to be closed on Thanksgiving. And Target said permanently closed on Thanksgiving. Not starting on Thanksgiving, but just on Thanksgiving Day and from here, every Thanksgiving from here. So I appreciate the pendulum swinging back from the mad consumerism of Black Friday to center back up and be like, okay, this has gotten out of hand, right? I mean, we got away from the people being trampled, but then it dipped into Thanksgiving Day and all your Black Friday sales started like mid-afternoon on Thanksgiving or that evening and would go in through Friday and they spread them out and it was just like, this isn't even Thanksgiving anymore. This is the two, this is a day and a half, 36-hour shopathon. Now with everything being online though, it's pretty easy to do from your home, but something that I'm going to try and do is to be very conscious conscious of is to, you know, really step, pull back from that stuff. I've, in the last few years, I've had less and less interest in Black Friday and stuff. Unless there's something you specifically need or in the market for, to me, there's really no point. It's just giving into the consumerism, but I'm excited for Thanksgiving. One thing I do want to say that we did, if you, if you, a lot of people have done their friends givings, which I appreciate, but one cool thing that one of our friends givings did, if you don't want to have three four, five traditional Thanksgiving meals and is you can do themed stuff. So you can do a specific type of cuisine. We did Thanksgiving around the world now and it was really cool. We had some German food. We had some Mexican food. We had some Brazilian lemonade. We had all sorts of stuff. It actually ended up being kind of like a German and then a few other countries uh, Thanksgiving because just a lot of us hail from Eastern Northern Europe. And a lot of that cuisine is pretty similar. But we had uh, we had a little bit of Italian. had some cannoli dip. Uh, one cool thing that you should look up if you haven't already. Maybe I'll put a link in the description to one of the cannoli dip recipes. But very, very cool. And just a fun suggestion. So if you haven't done your Friendsgiving yet or your traditional Thanksgiving, you're looking for a way to shake it up, try and do some around the world. Because I think we're all equally tired of green bean casserole. I walk into a Thanksgiving, I see green bean casserole, I want to take the pan, walk outside, dig a six-foot hole, dump it in there, cover it in kerosene, light it on fire, ceremonially put the clothes that I was wearing when I handled that food into the fire to burn them and be rid of that nonsense for the rest of my days. Then fill in the hole, put a tiny little gravestone there. It says, here lies green bean casserole, never to be had at this house again. And that's how I feel about green bean casserole. So, but it is also a really funny joke. So friendly reminder, friendly reminder, I am super stopped up and I probably sound super weird. So that's why I sound different. Thank you, dry air, for really just screwing my system. I'm going to sneeze into I've sneezed like five times today. And I think you guys have heard me sneeze on the podcast. But if you know me, you know how I sneeze. A five sneeze day is is rough, okay? Because my, I sneeze hard. My average sneeze is about two and a half regular person sneezes. You know, people, achoo, or achoo, like, no, it's achoo, like, it slaps hard. I, I joke that, you know, it clears my nose, it clears my throat, it clears my ears, it clears my vision, it, if I've got anything wonky with my hair, it straightens it up, I mean, it just, needless to say, I snart a little too frequently because, you know, you're, you're just casually holding something back and you sneeze that hard and you puts all, puts all your force into it. I mean, something's got to give somewhere. Am I right? So yeah, it's been like a five sneeze day. It's been pretty annoying. I going to bed last night. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna lay on my side for a little bit. And then I quickly realized I can't do that because mucus or snot is draining out of my left nostril. 
So I'm like, maybe on my other side. Nope. So then I almost stuffed toilet paper up there, but then I decided to just fall asleep on my back. I sleep most of the night on my back anyways. So yeah, I sound like this. You're welcome. So don't forget, Flamin' Hot Fiesta was a couple weeks ago. If you haven't checked it out, go watch it. Thank you to all of the all of you who have watched it and have given your feedback. I've been pleasantly surprised by the amount of people and also, uh, in some cases, who watch it. Like, oh, I watched the Fiesta. And I was like, really? Well, that's awesome. They enjoyed it. So really, really exciting. I know I talked a lot about the food stuff on the next episode. Needless to say, we might have some more food stuff coming up. Uh, obviously, I didn't buy the Arby's Vodka. You, you can't purchase it in Oklahoma. And I'm going to say that's for the better. It's fine. Uh, not going to get a Reese's Cup pie because that is $300 that I don't have. And uh, unless one of you kindly Hanyaks wants to get it for the show, I will give you full credit. It will be your sponsored episode. I will put your name, your brand, whatever you want within reason uh, on that episode, I'll wear a shirt with your face on it. I don't care. We can fit whatever it be. We'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. The episode name could just be your name and it's, it's a whole episode about you. I'll do, I'll do sponsor reads, just literally promoting you, uh, which by the way, that might be a fun bit. If you want me to do a mock sponsor read of you, send me your name and maybe just a couple tidbits about you. Or, uh, if there's a style you want me to do it in and we'll, And I'll do my best to do an impromptu sponsor read for you, promoting you. Why, you know, you should be selected for this or maybe why people should just check you out and not in a sexual way, but just check you out in, you know, and, or be your friend or why people shouldn't talk to you in public. Why, uh, I don't know why they need to respect your space. Why that neighbor needs to quit yip, quit yip yapping. Why you deserve a hundred dollars, anything and everything you can think of. I'll give it a shot. Not going to promise it's going to be good, but we can have some fun trying and you get to get to hear your name a lot. And I know people like to hear their name. So Hanyaks, you're welcome. Uh, that On this show, that is your name. So I'm saying your name a lot. Yes, all my Hanyaks out there. The horde of Hanyaks. But anyways, that could be a fun bit. I forgot where I was uh, leading into that. So, oh, 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 the Reese's Cup Pie. I might try and make that. I don't know if I'll be able to this week. Maybe that comes next week, and maybe that's my next food thing. If you have any other food ideas for me, uh, let's see. Then we could try it out, right? I think I might want to try and do a few more of those. But in that same vein of videos coming out, I mentioned it last episode. I'm going to mention it again. Carvana review. We, we, we purchased a vehicle from Carvana, and I can say this. It is legit. It is a viable, competitive way to buy a car. And I will say it's no more guaranteed than buying from a dealership. Uh, It's more guaranteed than buying from, say, a used car lot. Definitely wouldn't recommend going that route unless you really know what you're doing. You get everything expected, but you kind of got to know what you're getting into, right? So, but it's, and it's, it's a lot more palatable in a lot of ways. The one downside, this is my summarization. You get the full review Hopefully, uh, I mean, aiming at next week, having that go live on the YouTube channel to Rambling Viking Podcast. Make sure to check it out. But uh, the only thing is their financing rates are a little high. They're not horrible. They're a little high. But if you don't mind possibly just refinancing through your bank or credit union and getting a a better rate and going that route, uh, it's it's really totally fine. And you can even bring in third-party financing. Or if you're a baller and you just pay for cash... Pay with cash. Uh, I have nothing to say to you except for congratulations. Good job. And uh, may I have some, please? All right. Lastly, in announcements, Cookie Day. This will also be another video, possibly some audio. We'll see. Cookie Day is coming up. For those of you who don't know, my family has a tradition going back a couple decades, a little bit more. My mom and my aunt. Um, not her sister, but my dad's sister actually kind of started it. So, you know, everyone has their family cookie recipes that grandma or whoever used to make. And, you know, you, there's cookie exchanges. I didn't know this until a couple of years ago. There's like, so there were people, you know, I'll make a batch, a couple batches of these kind of cookies. You make a couple batches of those kind. We all get together, we exchange cookies. We have a good old time and not to knock those. I think those are admirable. As Phil Mickelson said about Eli Manning's golf swing. I think it's cute. But if you really, really want to expand that experience to get the most 
out of it and really transform it and have a truly bonding, like powerful, extremely fun experience, you have to do it the way we do our cookie day, right? And so our cookie day is, so we got together and it's like, we have all these recipes instead of like, I'll make some and you'll make this. And you know, everyone tries to make a little bit of, you know, on their own. Why don't we get together between Thanksgiving and Christmas? A lot of times it's right after Thanksgiving weekend, hint, hint this Saturday. And why don't we get together? And why don't we, you know, we'll all make some of the dough, you make some dough, and we'll get together and we'll make some cookies, right? And so we'll make every kind of cookie and then we can sparse it up to everybody, uh, everywhere. So you might say that's no different than an exchange. One little caveat, right? You, you pre-make dough, but you all meet at one person's house, start in the morning, and you bake all the, you bake the cookies right then and there, they're fresh, then you divvy them up. So it's a bonding. You're, you're doing the activity together instead of cooking alone, then going to exchange. Now you might say, well, it's a little bit easier if I just cook, you know, two dozen of these kind of cookies and we get together and go exchange. Yeah, it's not about easy. We all know the hardest things in life are usually the most rewarding or the most rewarding things in life are usually extremely hard. However, you want to look at it. So that being said, we get together, right? And you do that and you make some cookies. Well... I don't know when it got this big, and I'll talk to the sources, aka the people who started this tradition, when I was just a mere babe. Uh, I think it might have even started when I was still potentially in the womb. But it was so you're talking mid 90s, folks. And uh, they they did, and they and they wanted to preserve recipes too. That's another great way to do that. But then everybody got every type of Christmas cookie, and it expanded and expanded and expanded. I don't know how big the first one was, maybe a few hundred, but now we we cruise at about two thousand plus. I would say between two thousand and twenty five hundred cookies. You heard that right, two thousand to twenty five hundred cookies. Sometimes a little more, never a little less. I mean, two thousand is really our rock bottom, and. That would be a slow year. And cookies in, yes, you heard that right, a single day. Now, I mean, it's a whole day and there's a whole system, but it is, A, it's a sight to see. B, it's just so much fun. There's nothing you know else quite like it. And I, people do this when they make a couple hundred cookies and think, oh, that's a big day, right? 2,000 cookies. Now, my wife will tell you, well, they skimp a little bit on size. And it's like, really, we just... We are a little particular, but it's not like we're making tiny. Last year we broke three thousand, and I will be honest, we we made some rinky-dink cookies to, to hit three thousand and and break a new record. And so it's kind of like okay, you kind of maybe, you know, not actually three thousand, you know, normal cookies necessarily. But in but I will I will in a regular year twenty five hundred twenty six hundred those are regular size cookies. The really the only thing we make sure that doesn't happen is you make you make big cookies. You don't need to make giant cookies. Well, A, we wouldn't have a place to store it all. B, it's being inefficient because say we have, I mean, shoot, we're splitting these cookies, make 2,500 cookies, you split that 30 ways. I mean, if they're big cookies and you only make 1,000 of them, then everyone gets less cookies and you want more cookies. Am I wrong? And then we can give them to more people, invite more people, and it's so much fun. So yeah, now, and I mean, it varies numbers year year on year, but People, uh, people come out and, you know, I brought some friends to it and you make plates and get, bring all your tubs and, uh, you know, select f- few people kind of make a bunch. They make, it's funny. Uh, they make triple batches, quadruple batches, you name it. And they can, and it'll, and then they come, they all get together at my aunt's house cause she has a double oven and enough countertop space. And we, we crank them out. But that's this Saturday. I'm going to try and get some content, at least maybe get some footage, maybe put together a little montage, some pictures, final count, maybe make a whole video out of document it because I, I never really have documented. The local paper, Nina, did a, did a, did a spot on it one time, but uh, that's been the only documentation really of it that I know of and I would like to actually document it a little more in depth and maybe get some interviews of some people who helped found Cookie Day, but that is Cookie Day and I will say this. I would love to be able to expand that to other groups of people, whether it's you and your family, you pitch it to them. Now, you don't have to come in and say, let's bake 2,000 cookies. It may not start that way. And it also may be a little bit hard for people to grasp grasp what you're doing exactly, but just give it time. It might take a few years and, you know, because we, throughout the day, we'll, we start at eight, nine in the morning and we go to... I mean, it goes into the evening. The evening, it's it's really wrapping up because you, you have a bunch of sugar cookie, cookies you frost and you're doing final counts and there's like a couple weird kind of cookies that I hate and that are disgusting. 
that you, you know, that we're finishing up at the end and that's, that's fine. But really, I mean, four or five o'clock, but I mean, it's a full work day, but of all cookies and sugar. And I mean, it's ton of fun. You get pizza in the evening or for lunch and you kind of rotate between stations. So you also learn how to make a bunch of different kinds of cookies, get a bunch of different skills and um, get to hang out with friends and family all day. And it's so casual, nice. And you know, it's just a great experience. So cookie day is coming up Saturday. Uh, Be expecting hopefully a video recap and explanation of cookie day, Uh, possibly audio, maybe not. Um, uh, it, it may be like the flame and hot where it's like, it doesn't really make sense to do an audio, but that's cookie day. That's my way too drawn out explanation of cookie day. Uh, if you're interested in coming, uh, all are welcome. Let me know. I can give you the details. Uh, feel free to email the show, DM me personally. It's a Ramy Viking podcast, Facebook, Instagram. You all know that good stuff and inquire if you're interested. All right. Last announcement. So I realize this show is probably just turning into my announcements and recommendations, which in a lot of ways, is just how I talk in general. So it's just a regular show at this point. Framing it as announcements, though, maybe makes you sick of me. And that's fine. I don't really care. Uh, Enid also has the world's largest Christmas tree. You heard that right? The world's largest Christmas tree. I think I mentioned it and put it in a previous show. If not, I'll put the description down here. That The lighting ceremony is this Friday. So you got Friday, the... The lighting ceremony of the world's tallest Christmas tree, 140 feet tall, shipped from Northern California, privately paid for to be the centerpiece for this Christmas, um, this, you know, season of Christmas called the One Celebration or the One is maybe just what it's called. You can Google it and look it up. It's incredible. I'm going to be there. We're thinking about, you know, pseudo tailgating for it or full-blown tailgating for it. I think a lot of people are going to be there Friday night, November 26th. Now, I know it's tough if you don't live in Enid or you travel for family. You're not going to be there. And that's fine. It'll be up all through Christmas. You can come check it out. There's an ice rink right next to it. And if you're saying, well, what about the one in Rockefeller Center or this one or that one? Well, the one in Rockefeller Center, Plaza, whatever it is, in New York, uh, it is only 75 feet tall. Tall. This bad boy is 140 feet, almost twice as tall. And you may ask, why? Why Enid, Oklahoma? Why are you doing this? Why not? Apparently, you got you got some prominent business people with money that want to do this thing, and they say we'll pay for it. And so they'll spend over you know 150 thousand dollars or whatever it was to ship a tree down here, set it up, and coordinate it all. And I say, why not? So Enid just doing wild stuff. And I'm here for it, okay? You know, a little small podunk town Enid gets a lot of hate. Most people, uh, you know, really nothing special. And people who grow up there can't wait to get out. And then uh, a lot of times uh, people that move there realize they made a huge mistake for them. And so they try and get out. But uh, honestly, a nice enough place. But world's tallest Christmas tree. Who would have freaking thought? Like, I never would have guessed. Enid keeping it PDFG this year, all right? I mean, just, just really up in the bar, okay? Like Enid America, Northwest Oklahoma, 50,000 people. Sure, we have the third, the nation's third largest grain storage. That's why one of our nicknames is Wheat Capital. Fun fact for you. Uh, but <laughs> sure, uh, legend has it that John Wilkes Booth uh, actually died there many years later because he didn't die in that barn in Virginia. That's a story for another time. There's also some stories you can look up. I might link to them as well. Man, I got a lot of link to. Oh my gosh. So good luck. If I don't, you can do your own research, Johan Yak. Ha ha ha. But yeah, Enid of all places, just gonna just gonna lead the nation in Christmas tree height and size. Okay. Now I will say, I don't feel you know the one in Rockefeller. It really looks wide, right? Like thick with two C's. This one is a little more slender, but it's freaking tall. And I don't know how much thicker it could get. Why? Maybe because it's so tall, doesn't look as is wide and thick, but I don't know, man. It's going to be wild. Come check it out. Come do some ice skating. It's it's big things happening in Enid, all right, folks? And and I'm here for it. So let's move on to some more stuff. So now that's stuff you need to see, need to be a part about, want to hear about, uh, you know, maybe want to have a whole episode about you uh, because you bought the Reese's Pie and I will try and eat it or just the sponsorship bits. Here is something that you don't need to watch. Uh, really, you could just re- watch a trailer and read the descriptions of the episodes and know exactly what it is. I think I alluded to this a couple episodes ago. Tiger King 
Season two. That's right, folks. Season two. Now, I'm sure some of you maybe watched it or some of you uh, maybe just heard about it and some of you haven't heard about it. Wherever you fall on it, you don't need to watch it. At least I don't need to watch it. That's my humble opinion. I remember when this came out or when when I heard the announcement about it coming out this last week, I said, and this was weeks before it came out, maybe even a month, and I'm not going to go find that clip. That's just too much. I got too much other stuff to do. I distinctly remember saying, I don't need to watch this. I know what it's going to be. Joe Exotic, the story essentially is over. And it's not over in the sense of you can perpetually make a show about all these people, call it Big Cat People, put it on Discovery Plus or DLC or something stupid. And guess what? You always got crazy stories, right? And so they're just, I mean, it's the follow-up. It's the, not the sequel, but like the epilogue to to the, the real story of it all. And of course, you know, they promoted it as, I talked to someone who would watch it and, and he told me, hey, you know, you it you think you know, but there's, it gets so much crazy. There's so much, there's some surprises. And that, I watched both trailers and it says, you know, haven't even scratched the surface. I'll link to the trailers. You can go watch them. But my prediction was it's going to be phone interviews from Joe Exotic and how he needs to get out and how he got the short end of the stick, blah, 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 pardon from Trump. Uh, It's going to be Jeff Lowe doing Jeff Lowe stuff, so continue swinging with his girlfriend and really just trying to capitalize on his newfound fame along with everybody else, um, you know, who's now has some... uh, has some level of prominence, national prominence. So going to go capitalize on that and good for them. I'm not, I would do the same thing. Uh, um, and in that process, Jeff Lowe trying to move the zoo unsuccessfully because Carol Baskin won the case. And so then you're going to be that tension where Carol is trying to get the zoo from Jeff because she got the rights to it, blah, blah, blah. Then you're going to have the sleuthing side of things for Carol Baskin or in her husband, and uh, her ex-husband, dead husband that she allegedly killed. They're gonna they're gonna investigate that some more. Um, and that's you know they might throw in some some Doc Antle stuff, the 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 tiger sex cult leader. And because let's be real, all these people are cultish cult cults essentially. Joe Exotic was just the redneck cult, uh, the the misfit cult of big cats. Carol Baskin was the hippie cult of big cats and doc antle or bhagavan is the sex cult of, of big cats so and then there's there's somebody else there's like the guy in miami who's a former drug cartel leader and that's just he's just living the retired drug drug cartel drug kingpin life uh and isn't there some guy like randomly out in indiana or something that got a little bit of time that was maybe going to help jeff Lowe try and move it but that was my essentially my prediction for what the show was going to be in a nutshell, more or less. Well, I was on Netflix a couple days ago and obviously it had come out. And it's like Tiger King season two. I'm like, let's go look at this. And I just looked at the episode descriptions and I was more or less spot on. That's exactly what it is. That's why I maintain, here's the problem. That's why I maintain my case of you don't need to watch it. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Well, I don't need to watch it. I might want to watch it. But at the same time, I don't really want to watch it. So do I watch it? I don't know. Um, do I watch it for research purposes? Uh, do I think it's a good use of my time? Probably not. Is it really, could I just play it and half watch it and get the gist of things? Yes. Uh, and for instance, in one of the trailers, Jeff Lowe says, we have more money than God. And I was like, you did not get that rich, homie. First of all, we all knew you were a poser, supposedly renting cars and sneaking tiger cubs. You were just doing it for the honeys. That's all you've ever done it for. To keep it PG here, you just do it for the women. The honeys, all right, and the notoriety. You like you like to look like a big dog and look like a big player, but really you're kind of a total poser. And I think he just, you know, uses pose. I heard funny stories of him like forcing pictures with people, but he's like, Oh, he's like, Oh, you're Jeff Lowe. And he's like, he's like, Yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, you want to get a picture? You want an autograph? They're like, not really. And he's like, Yeah, we'll get a picture and an autograph. They're like, okay, I didn't want this. And they do a picture and an autograph. So kind of like he wants you to want him, but you don't want him kind of situation. All right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's him. And we all know, we all know that, that, and I heard that and I was like, yeah, what you didn't get that rich. All right, homie, you can chill out with that nonsense. You probably got, you got, you actually got some real rich, 
a little bit and, and some real fame from this and doing all these deals. But as far as actually like the more money than God thing, like pfft, you're still pennies compared to any professional athlete, any mid-level professional athlete. Like you at best maybe got a couple mil and you've probably blown all of that. It's really more about the attention and the, the experience perks that you get. So let's, since I, I told you that, I'm going to help you out. And so you don't have to go and read and potentially get sucked into watching. Let me know if you want me to watch, uh, which by the way, I think it's only five episodes, as it should be. I'm glad. Good on Netflix for not drawing out for 10 because it's definitely not necessary. I mean, I don't even really think this is even all that necessary now, but five episodes is reasonable. I would have maybe done three and you could probably encapsulate it all. But of course, you know, bring it back a year later and just do the follow-up because... The first one was such a wild big hit because it's insane because these people, all these people who live in this world are insane and are always going to be doing crazy, not normal stuff because they're not normal people. All right. Look at me talking about not normal people. That's me. Ah, whatever. But so we're going to read through the episode descriptions here. I'll read them for you and you can make the judgment for yourself whether you go watch it. Look, I won't hold it against you. If you watch it, I might make fun of you a little bit, but just know that means we're friends. Because I don't make fun of people who aren't my friends. Uh, well, that's sort of true, but it depends on the situation. AOC, but who doesn't? Who's not friends with AOC? Am I right? Uh, she's a friendly gal. No innuendos there, by the way. Uh, stepping in mud. Currently digging my own grave. All right, I love my wife. Oh. That's what I was going to say. Tell me, let me know if you want me to go and watch a show for research purposes. You might see, oh, it's like the, oh, twist my arm type situation. But honestly, I really don't care to. I do have a slight growing desire out of curiosity. And that's what I hate. They're winning. They're pulling me in. They're sucking me in. But uh, I want to fight it. So, but if you guys, if the Hanyak Horde wants me to, wants me to do it for, for the Hanyaks everywhere, I will do it, and I will give my recap. I'll do an episode-by-episode episode breakdown if you want, and then an overall, or vice versa. Just let me know your thoughts, all right? So here we go. Season 2, Episode 1, Beg Your Pardon. With Joe in prison, others from the series seek to capitalize on their fame. Surprise, surprise. Meanwhile, team forms to press Donald Trump for a presidential pardon. Of course. It's the internet meme troll culture. It's it's in the same vein as Harambe, but Harambe is actually a noble cause. Freeing Joe Exotic is not a noble cause. Uh, I'm on the Harambe train. Joe Exotic, as far as I, he he's fine being in prison. Of course, you, you and I got this from the trailer. He's pissed that everyone's cashing in except him, and you know, but he's really innocent. And it's like, yeah, man, I don't even know what to believe from you. No, you just were willing to take it too dang far and be a, you can't and just be too crazy. Just so when everyone's like, oh, he can't get more crazy. He's crazy and now. He's finally in prison about it, and I think that's fine, right? All right, then episode two, Shift Gears, Carol Diaries. Renewed interest in Dawn's disappearance leads authorities, journalists, and his children to investigate how, when, and even if he was killed. So that's going to be the Carol Baskin, in, you know, sparked investigation. Everyone, of course, started sleuthing real hard. She is equally as crazy, just in a different way. And I think she's just as sinister, but these are all big cat people. Then... Episode 3, Bounty Hunting. So it's kind of continuing that same vein. Don's daughters escalate their efforts to learn more about their father's fate. Carol's version of events faces further scrutiny. Surprise, surprise. Which, the only thing I will say on that is something was not right. Even if it was just she knew something was up. The whole like will and testament where she broke into the trailer and got it and then totally changed it and then... And then like he went missing or, or around, the t- I don't remember the exact details, but that was obviously foul play. Like from every, it, which angle you look at it, like that was obviously like, oh crap, you know, either it's either, oh crap, I killed him or oh crap, he's missing. Let me go fix this stuff. So I make sure I get everything type situation. And I believe she's fully capable of being that sinister. But I mean, how many times have we seen something like that where it's like, ah, try and kind of get Get thing, finagle things your way. So this, that one focuses in on Dawn's daughters, I guess. Then uh, episode four, the Lion King, like I'm telling a lie. Jeff goes on the defensive when acquaintances and former associates accuse him of misdeeds. You mean Jeff Lowe's not an honest guy? Just look at him. He's such a stand-up guy. 
he is, I mean, he takes care of so many women and makes sure, makes sure to meet their needs. And, and, you know, he puts them above his needs. He doesn't just, he doesn't just say, I look, I can only, I can only have one woman. He goes, no, no, no. I want to make sure as many women are taken care of as possible. So that's why multiple women, all right? We're going to have wife. We're going to have nanny. We're going to have girlfriends. We're all going to make nice. And, you know, it just, it's really, he just wants to take care of women. All right. Essentially, that is a, that is a, that is a women's home. Okay. And I mean, Jeff, just come on, stand up guy. Like really this guy, these people, they, you know what? They just must not have been hardworking, honest people and couldn't live up to Jeff's standard. So and now they're mad about it because guess what? Tiger King, he got he got all famous and he gets all credit because, I mean, he's the head honcho, right? He's put in all that hard work, honest work, uh, hard, you know, just, just, just being a real stand-up guy. I can't believe they would accuse him of misdeeds. Meanwhile, Tim faces legal issues in Indiana. Tim is the guy from Indiana, I'm pretty sure, who owns some big cats or his own thing in Indiana that was going to help Jeff move it to Thackerville, if I remember correctly. So, uh, which of course that didn't work out. We all knew that wasn't going to work out when they announced that towards the end of the show. Like, we're moving to Tiger Valley. We're blah, blah, blah. It was like, that's not going to work. Uh, because big cat people can't play nice with each other because they're all crazy. Uh, how many times can I say that? And then finally, Stark Raving Mad is episode five. Now this I'm sure is the twist, the stuff, because they didn't really cover much of Tim in, gosh, my nose. I sound horrible. I can, I can hear myself. I just hate the way I sound. I literally, my nose is running. I'm like a four-year-old right now where I'm, the snot is running down my face, except I'm not letting it drain down my upper lip. A, I have a mustache. B, I'm not four, at least not in this uh, aspect of my life, not a four-year-old. And Oh, just driving me insane. I, I got to have some herbal tea after this and maybe get some Vicks on my chest. Oh, but I have chest hair. Am I have to shave? Uh, chest hair? I can never decide if I want to shave it or not. So anyways, back to it. By the way, I've impressed people with how I can come back off of a really long tangent and finish the original thought. And I have you and this podcast to thank for that because I've had to get really good at that to really stay on track because, you know, tangents galore. We're rambling out here. The Viking is rambling. Episode 5, Stark Raving Mad. So this is probably, the this storyline is probably the biggest reason that I would be interested in watching this is to learn more about this situation because it wasn't covered much in season 1. Tim vows to stand his ground, let's go. Jeff goes to bat for Joe. Interesting. But one last stunning claim from a familiar face turns the story on its head yet again. Because guess what? You don't you can't believe any of these crazy psychotic people because they're all crazy. All big cat people, they're all crazy, right? Uh, I mean, shoot, Joe Exotic's campaign manager, not to knock him, he was working at Walmart selling ammo and guns and and Joe was like, hey, man, I need a campaign manager because I'm running for governor. We're going to hand out condoms and say Joe Exotic for governor. Uh, would you run my campaign? And this poor poli sci major who's now working at Walmart in the ammo section isn't know any better. And says, yeah, absolutely. And even when he gets crazy, he sticks through it because guess what? This is his opportunity to be a campaign manager. Not that he didn't think about the fact that this wouldn't look good on your resume. This isn't actually going to propel me into any meaningful campaign work using my poli sci degree. What am I doing here? Oh man, I just, uh, and here you end up, right? You end up witnessing, uh, that poor fella accidentally kill himself, shoot himself in the head. Absolutely traumatic. But at the end of the day, it's like everyone involved had horrible judgment. Yet here we are because we're compelled to crazy. It is wired in us. We like the crazy. This is why Murder Mysteries and the Sleuth Podcast, uh, uh, not the Sleuth Podcast, but like all the serial killer mass murderer or just murder podcasts in general are all top of the charts. I've, I, I do kind of enjoy them, but at the same time, I'm like, I really shouldn't let myself get too wrapped up in this. But all that stuff is intriguing because it's the crazy, it's the fringes, it's the unsolved. It's, you know, it's stuff we can't really identify with. Kind of like how I really appreciate people who are great singers because I cannot sing at all. And so that's where we're at, right? And... (laughs) So Tim, yeah, Jeff goes to bat for Joe. Oh, surprise, surprise. Jeff just, Jeff thinks he's 
Frank Underwood from House of Cards pulling all the strings, making all the clever moves, or or uh, Raymond Reddington from Blacklist, who's always two steps ahead and can kind of say what he needs to say and in the right situation, and then show up and boom, pow, and make all the moves and always be one three steps ahead, but you know, you know, showing only showing his cards to who needs to see certain cards. Uh, when in reality, he is a poser who's not fooling anybody. And yeah, come on, Jeff Lowe. Come on. Come on, dude. Uh, one last stunning claim for a familiar face turns the story. So uh, my question is, what is, who do you think it is? Uh, who, who would I guess it is from a familiar face? Is this going to be... Uh, who am I trying to think of? Is this going to be one of the ex-workers? Probably. And they'll probably do some crazy claim and, and there's some investigation and trying to, you know, just keep the story going, right? Keep it going. Who knows what it is, but that's Tiger King season two. You don't need to watch it. You got the gist of it. Uh, obviously, they did a good job with the trailers. I will say the trailer played it up well. Trailers are are well done. It's not hard to make a good trailer for something like this because they're all crazy. It's all crazy. But uh, what 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 to say, right? It's not. Uh, they did a good good job on the description. I mean, building interest even on these little episode synopsis. Synopses, synopsis, synopsis, synopses. I'm going to say synopses. You know, especially on the last one, that's really one that intrigues me. I can just go watch episode five. Don't need to watch any of the other episodes. I'm sure they tie it all in and talk a little bit about everything. Uh, yeah. And congratulations, all of us Okies. This happened in Oklahoma. Yee-haw. I'm honestly, I mean, can't, can't, can't help that it happened. It's, what's done is done. So I'm just going to own it, man. Been to that zoo. Shout out if you have been to that zoo. Uh, one thing I did forget to do, I want to do in the middle of this episode, is I want to, I hope he ends up listening to this, or someone from his family household does, but shout out to Jeremy and Jenna. I am recording currently in your dining area, at your dining table. I want to thank you for letting me use your beautiful home for the sake of this podcast. Shout out to you. Uh, and if you listen to this, happen to listen to this, when it releases on your Big, long 10-hour drive back home, Jeremy. Uh, hope it's safe driving, and you're welcome for providing you a little bit of content on your drive. Hopefully, Moose hasn't peed everywhere. Uh, hopefully, he hasn't moosed everywhere, right? You haven't had any moose missiles happen recently, but uh, safe travels, and I look forward to seeing you soon. <laughs> oh, man, but are you going to go watch Tiger King? Do you want me to watch Tiger King? That is the question. We're already at 40 minutes. And I haven't even got to recount my day. So let me just say, Facebook Marketplace, a.k.a. The Wire, shout out to what, Chas, Ashley, I don't know who originally came up with it, but my friends call it, you know, The Wire, and they, I have one friend, they were moving, and she was like, hey, uh, I'm gonna, they were selling a bunch of their stuff, and they're like, The Wire's hot, and I love that. I love calling Facebook Market The Wire. That's my new favorite thing. Thank you for introducing that to me. So, as you heard, we recently bought a car in Carvana, which means we were selling a car, aka the Red Bandit, low 06 Honda Civic thing was a stud, okay? In four years, almost five years of owning, four years of owning it. Only thing I had to, almost got to 200K, only thing I had to replace was the clutch, ran like a dream, many a trips, many a memories, it was awesome. But, car market is hot, and that Facebook wire car, the wire car market, oh, my gosh, flaming hot, like that Fiesta I had, which you you should go check out, by the way, it was crazy, I, I was like, well, because, because it's old, high mileage and stuff, I couldn't get it on any trade-in, even though the car market is hot, I mean, 500, 700, a thousand bucks at best, and awkwardly, it was worth about three, right, and so I idiotically am really lowballing myself because I'm horrible. I'm, I'm a horrible appraiser. And stuff. I'm like, how much is this worth? And I, instead of going and looking at similar cars and then making my assessment, I'm like, I think it's about this worth. I mean, I did the Kelly Blue Book. Blue, 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 blue. Kelly Blue Book. Gosh, Kelly Blue Book. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's Kelly Blue Book. I did the Kelly Blue uh, It's like I'm underwater. Blue, blue. The Kelly Blue Book. Oh, I can't say it right now. Kelly Blue Book. Apparently is a mermaid uh, that talks underwater. Kelly Blue Book value of my car. And it was between 2600 and 4100 Which is, you're getting kind of close on that top end to uh, a little, pretty close to what I paid for it. 
And I uh, put, you know, that's 70,000 miles later and a lot of wear and tear, my friends. Some stains on the seat, yada, yada. Well, boy, I was not prepared. Listed it. Listed it for what I thought was a little bit high at 3K and 100 messages and two days later and I'm drowning in Facebook nonsense, which by the way, I mean the wire, when it comes to the wire, we all, you'll get a bunch of, is it available? Is it available? Is it available? Sigue disponible. And you're like, yeah, that was Spanish and and you get plenty of those, right? And Facebook used to offer translation. It did not offer any translation and, you know, I probably could have said no habla espanol or not enough, at least, to be able to message you back and forth. Instead, I just ignored those messages. Sorry. But I, uh, yeah, was not prepared for what Because I couldn't. So this is Wednesday evening. And I am not going to be where the car is or available. We'll just say available to show the car, potentially sell it until Monday. I should have waited and listed it on Friday. I get inundated and I mean, of course you get all those offers of, is it interesting? They don't pan out, you know, maybe 20% of my messages or, or prospects are actual serious buyers. And that's just in general. Like, what would you say the serious, the, the, the batting averages for the completion percentage, the three point percentage, free throw percentage, whatever you want to call it for like when, when someone hits you on the wire about your item, you know, out of all the people that hit you, hit the wire for your item, you know, how many are actually serious and might pan out? Because we've all had the flakes and I've learned the hard way. I've, I take the Wild West approach more than anything now where it's like, look, I'm going to list it. It's available until it's not. If I do give you my word that, you know, you have, you have first look at it, great. But at the same time, I may schedule five people to come at that same time because I've learned the hard way that it's like, okay, this is my person. I tell everyone else, hey, I've got, I've got a buyer. And then all of a sudden they fall off the face of the planet or they block me or they... Or, or they say, I'm on my way, and they just never freaking show up, and I've given my address out to people. Uh, and then I have to go back to all those people and say, it's actually still available. So now I say, it's available until it's not. Thank you, Facebook, for allowing uh, the pending option. That is nice. Uh, you can go available, pending, sold. Sorry. Thank you. I'm glad the wire allows that now. And, you know, I think we've all had that experience. But what do you think, like, say out of, I probably got close to a couple hundred messages in five days about it. And it, and it did sell and I got more than I was expecting out of it. And then that's awesome. But what is the expected? Like what's the success rate on that? Or, or what should we call it? The, the serious rate, the, the, I don't know. What's the flake rate? Cause I, okay. So we'll flip it on its head. What's the flake rate on the wire or flake rate on Facebook market, right? What's that flake rate? I'm going to say it's, it's probably pushing 80%. Like if it was a free throw percentage, it would be it would be pretty solid, middle of the road. 85% maybe. I really think, I mean, it depends too on how well you price your items. I uh, apparently am kind of trash and come in a little bit low because I did get some messages, what's wrong with it? What what all needs to be fixed? And, I'm, and that's when you know, crap, I've listed this too low. <laughs> but... Uh, at this point, I was too deep at that point. And I was like, I'm just going to roll with it, right? I could have deleted the listing, upped it by $500 or $1,000. Probably made some more money. But I really wasn't trying to make money. I'm just trying to sell it. And I don't like to get too greedy about it. You know, I can if I'm trying to flip stuff or make money on stuff. Yeah, you can. But I really try not to. So I'm going to say the flake rate is probably 87.2%. I'm going to say only about 12.8% of your... Uh, hits on the wire are actually legitimate, are actually people that are, are serious buyers and that will show up. Because let me tell you about my experience on some flip-flopping, right? So I get through all these messages. I get some, of course, I get people coming in, low-ball me, 1,500, 2,000. My one, oh, pro tip, pro tip. Check this out. Pro tip, coming in hot. I need a sound effect for that. Uh, pro tip. Pro tip. I don't know if that's the noise. We need someone, someone help build, design me a noise for pro tips. Uh, or a soundbite or something, but pro tip: you're getting if you're getting a lot of hits on the wire, and people are saying, "What's your low stock? What's your low bottom dollar? What's your bottom dollar?" Which, first of all, coming out and be like, "What's your bottom dollar?" I'm not going to tell you my bottom dollar. 
Why would, if my, so say my true, say I've listed for three, my true bottom dollar is two. I'm not going to say 2,000 because I know that you're probably going to say 1,500 and try and get me below that. I just told you that's my bottom dollar. That's what people do. That pisses me off personally. But, or you're just going to, I'll give you 2,000. It's like, what kind of negotiating school did you go to? This is horrible. Like I didn't go to Phoenix, University of Phoenix online negotiating school. Okay. And, and if that's what they teach there, they need to be shut down, all right? I, I mean, people, it really, when it comes to negotiating schools, it's pretty easy to get into a good one, all right? You just, I mean, have to be able to negotiate a little bit, right? Give it a try. And really, they like the blank, a lot of them like the blank slate model more than anything because they, they, they like to be able to mold you from the ground up instead of having to break bad negotiating habits or, or train the bad habits out of you, which, you know, is, is you're here, you're three steps down this path. You have to take two steps back and then start from square one and then build up new proper steps as is with say, bad shooting form, bad pole vaulting form, whatever you have, right? And so a lot of these schools will prefer you to be like, I really don't know. And they'll try, you know, do some negotiating tests on you, some tactics in your little interview or, or part of the application process and you'll fail miserably. But that's actually a success to them. So don't be afraid to, to apply to the big wig negotiating schools, right? I mean... I myself went to Northeastern Central Appalachian Mid-American University, all right? That's where I went, uh, for, at least for my negotiating school, and I mean, top-notch. Hillbilly, the hillbilly schools do not sleep on them, and yes, they own it. It's hillbillies because if you're good at something, you want to own it, right? I'm not going to say, oh, no, you can't say hillbilly schools. That's offensive. What do you mean? best negotiating school in the country and it's a bunch of hillbillies those hillbillies want to tell you that hillbillies we got the best negotiating all right they don't want to say oh we're not hillbillies it's like this is oh no i'm gonna own it if i if i'm the best at something i want you to know what i am that yeah it's it's the hillbillies that are the best at it right so which i'm more of a redneck but you know we're kind of like cousins not kissing cousins but, you know, same, similar, but but a little bit different, and, you know, kind of unique in their own brand. But anyways, that's where I went for my negotiating. Drop it, drop in a, a, an email, voice memo, or even podcast review of where you went to your negotiating school at. Would love to hear that. But yeah, these people, they, they serial box, box top, uh, online bullcrap negotiating university. Just thought you could probably go to some regular university. They don't know anything about the negotiating uh, schools. And really annoys me, right? So, all that to be said, come back to it. The pro tip. Sorry, I got off track there. And you've been waiting so patiently. You are the best, Hanyak. You are great. Jeremy, great job. I'm doing this mainly for you. So you have more content on your long, long drive. Man, you really should listen. I really hope you're listening to this as it drops because otherwise there's a bunch of references for you that are timestamped that don't make any sense. So, anyways, back to everyone else. Someone comes in and says, what's your, what's your bottom dollar? Just fire back. What's your best offer? Don't, I I quit this. I will say me, this drowning in, in, in the wire hits that I got on this latest excursion through the, the marshes, the dead marshes that are, that is Facebook marketplace. Shout out Lord of the Rings. That's a reference. Chill out. I don't think it's a bunch of dead people who are crazy, but, uh, is, is say, what's your best offer? So then you're putting it in their court. Like, look, you're the one interested in this. You know the list price. And if I say OBO, which by the way, I got some annoying messages, is it negotiable? I said OBO. So yes, goodness. Um, I don't mind people saying, is it available? That's just a simple generic message to inquire, right? Uh, sometimes they have specific questions, but I just say fire back. Yes, it's available and leave it at that. And you don't say anything else. Like one guy was, we had some short conversation and I was, he was like, uh, it was funny. I, I was like, you're, you're being too short. You're interested in this. You're the buyer. You need to, you need to court me, the seller, right? I don't need to sit there and baby. I got too many messages to deal with, homie. But anyways, that's my pro tip. Definitely say someone comes in and is like, is it available? What's your bottom dollar? Uh, or, um, and you just say, don't, don't, don't try and play any games with them because they'll just say, what's your best offer? Throw it back at them. Make them give you an offer. And that, that'll quickly tell you whether they're serious or not. Because some people, for if I had one dude who supposedly sold his crypto to get 200 extra dollars, which by the way, I don't think you're doing too well in the crypto world. If you selling your crypto only gets you 200 bucks, 
Uh, you're obviously not playing the long game. Paper hands over here don't even want to sell to you for that reason. Disrespecting the crypto community, which I consider myself a very, very small, minuscule part of, but a part of. And and he still was probably my fourth highest offer. And so I was like, bro, you're fourth in the queue. That's another thing too, right? Is people say, well, you take this. And it was like, I might if these other offers for hire fall through. That's another great thing to say. Uh, but that's what happened, right? So I'm getting hit. And finally, I have some people kind of, the cream rises to the top. Those 12.8% of people really show their hands and, and are like, look, I'm willing to pay full price. I'm willing to do this. And I'm like, cool, can't meet till Monday. We'll meet till Monday. And another thing is, don't be afraid to ask if they will hold it for you. So I had someone do that. And I said, yeah, sure. Nobody asked. So I'm not going to hold it unless you ask. You have to ask for that. And go through the weekend. And then another pro tip. If you're in a situation like mine where say it's Thursday or Friday and I can't meet until Monday and I'm sitting here and I've already got a hundred messages and I'm going, Oh, I'm going to have 500 messages by the end of this weekend. This is going to be so stressful. And I'm having to tell everybody, uh, pending offer for Monday, check back Monday, which is what I started saying. Pending offer Monday, check back Monday, check back Monday, check back Monday. Well, change the listing to pending and then messages stop for like a day. I still got a few, but messages stop. And I told everyone check back Monday which was good because I was like, I don't want to turn these people away if this person falls through. If they're not a part of the 12.8%, well, fast forward to Monday and long story short, where I am staying is not where the car is, but it's right down the street. My buddy's been housing it for me. Shout out to Corbin. If you listen to this, thank you, sir. And he's been, he's been watching it for me, right? So my wife and I rode, rode one car. So rode in the same car and she has to work. And she has to go to work early. Well, she goes to work and I had thought about driving her so I could have some transportation, but uh, people we were staying with were, uh, were, were going that way. And so I said, hey man, just drop me off to get my car and then I'm, I'm free and clear and I'm good. So drops me off. Wife is at work. I go to get the car and I realize uh, on my way there that my wallet is in the, my wife's car at her job. And I'm saying, okay. And oh, by the way, I'd scheduled someone like 11 a.m. to check out the car. Um, and I really should backtrack actually. We're going to pause right there. Hold that thought. We're going to backtrack because there's a crazy part of the story I almost forgot. So anyways, you know, it's fun. I think it's good to kind of promote some bidding wars because I had some, I had one dude, I just didn't respond back quick enough because I was getting so many messages. He comes in, he's like 2,500. And I, I didn't say anything. He's like, he's like, send me the address. Which, by the way, another thing I hate, what's the address? And I'm like, no, I'm not giving you my exact address. I don't even know if you're a buyer. You haven't even offered me, said if you're going to pay full price or what you're going to pay. Now, it's different if you're like, hey, want to come look at it? When can you come look at it? We haven't even set, set, set scheduled times. What do you think I am? Just going to set myself up for burglary? Jeez. But uh, you get enough. The wire was hot enough. I even, I got one offer come in hot he said, I'll give you 3350. And I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I'm a man of my word where I'll hold the car where you start talking more money. So then now I've got it back and forth, right? Go back to the person I'm holding it for. And I said, look, holding it so they can look at it. Who was going to pay full price? I said, look, I got an offer over asking price. Can you match it? And they kind of gave me an iffy answer. So it's possible. I'll have to look at it. And I was like, what is this? Is possible? Clearly an answer. Well, I tell the other guy, look, I'm a man of my word. Uh, they said they're, they might match it. So I got I to gotta still give him first look, but you have second dibs, right? And so, okay, I'll do 39.50. And I just go, hold the phone. I'm going to get almost a grand. I'm going to get 9.50 over my asking price. Holy crap. Well, at <laughs> this point, I say, yeah, you outbid. So you're, you're definitely getting dibs. All holds are off at this point. Tell her that. Right as I tell her that, and I'm talking to this dude, and he's talking about, okay, when we're going to meet up. This is Sunday night, by the way. All right, where are we going to meet up? I can meet Monday morning. You know, he's talking about, oh, right, I got to go to the bank, get the cash. I'll have it ready. Cool. Because I said, if this, if this offer is serious, it's yours. He said, yeah, uh, buying it for this, blah, blah, blah. So uh, let me, let me just, uh, let me get it for you. And, uh, or let me get it from you. Sorry, my brain just died for that half a second because I think I just might have realized something. But anyways, and I'm like, yep, it's yours. Uh, I'm going to meet you first. And then I tell the other person, the original person I was going to hold it for, hey, if it falls through, 
Uh, it's, you know, it's yours. I'll let you know. So now I'm trying to schedule it before our original appointment time. Cause I knew they were available. First person was person. A was available at, uh, at, you know, later in the morning. So I'm trying to get early morning Well, in the midst of this conversation. All of a sudden I can't respond to a message. It says a clean title. Yeah, of course. Randomly in the middle of it, they were like, is the title clean? I was like, bro, you already offered. We're talking about meeting up and now you're asking that, but yes, it's clean. Also, I was like, you know, how far with you having to go to your bank and all this stuff, like, you know, wh- where does that put you in, re- in, in, in reference to where I'm at? And the message doesn't send. And I go, oh, that's weird. Well, my phone had been weird that day with some Wi-Fi. So I get off the Wi-Fi, try and send it again. Try and just retry the same message. Doesn't work. So I copy and paste, try and send a new message. Doesn't work. Then I get back on the Wi-Fi, check the Wi-Fi with something else. And I'm like, okay, try it from my computer. Nothing, 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 nothing. I looked at this person's profile previously. And I go to look at their profile again, and it doesn't show up. And now I can't find my listing either. So now I, I put in an inquiry to Facebook, turns out it was a waste of time. Long story short, homeboy ghost blocked me. So he's not part of that 12.8%. Ghost blocked me right after I told the other person, hey, you just got outbid. And so then I have to go back, tell the other person, hey, it's back on. Got to wait till the next morning because I don't want to seem like a crazy psychopath and then run them away because within 10 minutes I've said, uh, I've got someone else going, actually, no, never mind. Maybe they'd understand though because you understand that why the wire is volatile, all right? The wire is radioactive a lot of time. Like you don't know, like stuff just, it's crazy. It's the wild west. Well, turns out he's part of that uh, flake percent, flake rate. He falls into it really pissed me off playing some games I assume I don't know what happened but so it ends up working out though and uh so we'll go back to Monday morning right get the car realize I don't have my wallet so that's no big deal I'll just drive the car down to where my wife works look at the gas gauge I am on low I have one bar left and I go crap I totally forgot it's been like a week since I've driven this car and I forgot I did not leave any gas in it I mean I'm around the corner from gas station my first thought is well, that's no big deal. I'll just go to the gas station and get some more. I don't have my wallet. Oh boy. And I am, and I, you want to talk about cutting it close. I don't know how long that E light. So it, uh, the low fuel light comes on when it, has, when it had two bars and I, and it just dropped to one when I started to drive, drive off and said, okay, so I don't know how long exactly I've been driving on this. The, I hadn't reset the trip, so I don't know where I actually was mileage wise. So I couldn't do any of that. And I'm just going, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in North OKC and I got to go to Central OKC. It's going to be really cutting it close. I'm telling my wife about this and I was like, I've only got a couple hours. I've got I've to get the title notarized, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And boy, well, I go to the gas station and I'm like, maybe there's, I literally, I, I forgot I had my wallet like four times. And I, go, and I just stop at the gas station and try and figure this out and figure out, okay, what can I do? Well, I scrounge up $2, which in Biden's America won't get you jack squat, $2 and change, dimes and quarters, put $2 worth of gas in it, gets me up to four bars, and I'm like, oh, okay, we can do this, right? Go down, get the wallet, we're cruising, right? Get the wallet, get get gas, I don't fill it up because I'm selling it, I'm not a psycho. Well, then I'm uh, go get the title notarized, and as I'm looking through stuff, and Person comes to look at it. They end up not buying it. They say, we're going to have some other cars. Look at it. We'll let you know by this afternoon. By the way, you never let me know. If you ever listen to this person, you know who you are. You never let me know. Well, granted, it did sell to someone else, but you never let me know. It got into the evening. You said you'd let me know this afternoon. I can't be that mad, though. That is, that is the nature of the wire. You can't trust anybody. It's the Wild West. Well, so I'm sitting here. And we'll say, you know, basically, I'm in, I'm in Edmond. I'll tell you that much, right? Have the title with me, feeling good. And then all of a sudden I realized, though, you know, the card was card been paid off for a few years. And because it was, I mean, it was such a small loan anyways. We paid for most of it, but just had to take out a tiny little loan. And, but then I'm looking on the title and it says, subject to lien through, you know, XY bank. And I just go, I wonder if that, means anything. I was like, no, you do the title transfer. It shouldn't mean anything. And then I start looking up and I'm like, oh crap, I need the lien release. And I'm like, oh no, I have it. No, no, no. I have the original lien agreement, but not the lien release. Lien or the lien release is an hour 15 away. 
in out near Weatherford, Oklahoma. And I just go, crud. So first person looked at it, but they might come back to me and say, hey, I want it. They ended up not. But then also, so I mark it as available again, and I'm getting inquiries, and I'm going, I don't think I can message it, and I don't want to be in the position of saying, here's the title. I've got the lean release not with me. I will get it and mail it to you. I can't trust they'll give me that information. They won't be able to transfer the title and I could potentially get caught in some, they do some crazy stuff with the car or wreck it or something and all of a sudden the title's in my freaking name because they can't transfer it. They're doing some illegal wild stuff. I'm not, I'm not taking that risk. So by the way, pro tip, always type up, even if it's very, 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 very simple, a bill of sale, with all the car information, have everyone sign it, two copies. And so that way, there's some form of writing and record that this happened on this date and so if anything does happen, you can reference it. I don't know legally how binding it actually is, but it's something, the very least. So anyways, I go, crud. I have to make a decision. So I got one last ride in the bandit. I drove and I timed myself. I started a timer on my watch. Timed myself three hours. Did a down and back. I think we've all done a down and back. What's your worst down and back? My worst down and back is definitely Fort Worth, Texas and back from Eden, Oklahoma. It was... Uh, I drove seven hours, three and a half each way or something like that. Or I wasn't actually, I was in Oklahoma city. So, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a trip to take some stereo equipment and they were closed cause they were on vacation and there's no way of knowing that unless you went up to their door and saw the sign. So I immediately just turned around, ate some Whataburger and drove right back. It was a fun time, but what's your worst down and back you've had to do? So now I'm just dreading this, but it ended up not being too bad. But sure enough, find the lease, the lean release. Thank goodness. And that's when I realized when I paid it off, I should have taken the lean release with the title. And for 10 bucks, you get a new title and that's lean free. And so you don't have to worry about any of that nonsense. So fun fact, pro tip, another pro tip. I don't know what that noise I did. I can't do that's overused. I got to do something else. Uh, pro tip, always get a lien free title once you have paid off your car note. So you don't have to get in this predicament and keep track of another piece of paper. But fortunately it works out. I find it. I get back just in time. I've got four, four or five people coming and I tell everyone, Hey, I've got several people coming at this time. This is the time I'm available. Come check it out. And when they're like, all right, I'm coming. And then then, right before the time I give them the actual address, they can come check it out. And I'm just like, yeah, cool. Person shows up, looks at it. I will say tries to pull some weird nonsense negotiating tactic that I would have referenced six other things before I referenced supposed hail damage that it had and like two little dings. And I was like, bro, it's a $3,000 car, 200,000 miles. Hail damage doesn't mean jack squat diddly to bring in down the price. What do you mean? Oh, it devalues the car. The car didn't have any value. Don't be a big cat person about this. But ended up, ended up. Uh, working out perfect, got it all figured out, got the bill of sale, got it sold, but it was a heck of a day. And definitely the awkward thing is, was, and I don't know how you people feel about this, you Hanyaks. Sorry, don't mean to reference you people. What do you mean you people? My precious Hanyaks, my fellow Hanyaks, the horde. Uh, as far as if, 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 the, if the wire's getting too hectic and crazy, just saying, look, it's here. First person to get here gets it. I'm available at this time. Uh, you can come at this time and just tell people that because that's essentially what I did. Now, thank goodness for the flake rate because I only had one person show up after the fact and be like, hey, I'm here to see the car. And I said, hey, actually, sorry, just sold 20 minutes ago. You didn't get here in time. Now, in my defense, I told everyone, I got other people coming. So it might sell before you get here. So you head this way if you want, but that's the risk you got to take. And I think I, being on the seller side of things, I, I don't feel, maybe I should, but I don't feel as bad being putting people in that position. It's just like, it's just kind of how it is. It's as much as I don't want it to be, I want it to be more handshake on a system. Like, okay, I want it, but the flake rate is way too high. People are too crazy on it. And you just got to make do right. Come and check it out. Multiple buyers showing up at the same time. I was fully prepared for like three people to show up. Cause I think I had three or four that were supposedly on their way. Three people to show up within 10 minutes of each other. Everyone's wanting to look at the car. And I basically just say, who's going to offer me the most money? Who's got the most, right? And they can all talk. And now they all could band together and be like, we're going to try and bid it down, right? But that's most likely not going to happen. And so use that to my advantage. And it worked out. 
RIP to the Red Bandit. You serve me well. Couldn't get you to 200K, but yeah. How do you, do you do that? Do you, do you just get one person? Cause the flake rate is too high for me to just let one person do it. But man, that was a day. That was Monday. Well, technically that was kind of like started on Thursday and then took me through Monday, but like Sunday night into Monday to like 6 PM was wild, crazy. So yeah, folks. So what I did today, actually, fun fact, I went and our other car is paid off, our truck, and I went and said, actually, let me get the lien release for that. Check the title. Yeah, it still says subject to lien. Let me go get a new title that's lien free so I don't have to worry about it. Also, feels so amazing. And it's just, I think it's a cool move to look at your title and be like, yeah, no lien because I paid this thing off. So do that if you pay your cars off. But yeah, what's your craziest wire story? Would love to hear that. Send in a voice memo, email, uh, podcast review. I need to check those probably. Sorry if you've left a recent review and I have not read it on the episode, but we'll f- feature it on there. But I think that's a great place to end it. This dose of weird. I know it was a heavy dose, but there's so much going on, so much to talk about. And I realize it's my podcast. I'll make it three hours. And if everyone listens the first hour, that's what we're here for. I got to constantly remind myself of that. The insecurity monster that always tries to get me with this. So I want to thank you for your continued support, being a part of the Hanyak Horde. Remember to go like us on Facebook, Instagram, ignore my stopped up self. I know I'm a mouth breather right now and we all hate those, but it's not by choice. It's by season because that's where we're at. Thank you, dry air, dry skin. Don't forget to lotion up. Keep the lip chap on you. Dad, it. That's what my wife calls it. Now I call it the keep the chapstick on you. I use Burt's Bees personally, like the mint kind. Uh, Make sure to get some vitamin C. Try and get some extra vitamin D because as it gets colder and we have less sun, you don't get outside as much. Man, full of recommendations. I should just become the recommendation guy. I realize 90% of what I do. My buddy says, yo, you're a salesman. I said, no, not a salesman. I just like stuff and like people to know when I find good stuff. I like to tell people about it, all right? Because I like to help my friends. I'm just telling people about stuff I like. But I know... I would probably be a good salesman, but salesmen are just slimy. I'm not slimy. I just, I'm passionate, intense. You know me, but anyways, that does it for this dose of weird. Be on the lookout for your Thanksgiving dose of weird coming later this week. We'll be coming on Black Friday, okay? Hanyak Friday, okay? Lighting up the tree Friday. We got cookie day. So much is happening. Hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, Don't shy away from hard conversations with your relatives. Just remember, look, at the end of the day, we're gonna like each other. We're gonna break bread together. It's gonna be great. Uh... Man, I'm probably not going to put any of the links I talked about at this point in the description down below. This has been too much of a dose of weird, and I got to take a break and have to record some more right after this. So, uh, hope your Thanksgiving week is PDFG. Remember, you play a part in making a choice to keep it PDFG. That's another episode I'll do about choosing to make things good, choosing to have a good day. Uh, that does it for this Norwegian goodbye. Thank you once again for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. Remember to chime in, give your opinion on anything, everything. We'll see you right back here next time on the Randomly Viking Podcast. This is your head, Hanyak, signing off.